at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Welcome to this uh, to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Vox DFS Firelines, VoxDFS.com. I am your host tonight, Justin Skullrude. With me, as always, is Ryan. Hey, everybody. How's it going now that we're pushing record? And we have a special guest tonight with us, Fong. Say hello to everybody, Fong. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Yeah, Fong is joining us tonight for our running back episode. Fong does our articles on the website evaluating our running backs. And tonight we're going to talk about uh, some way too early uh, fantasy value tiers for running backs um, we'll talk a little bit why tiers and not necessarily specific draft order. Um, but we're going to get into the news and notes, which is brought to you by Bluehost. Bluehost is the number one recommended web hosting company by WordPress.org. Every account features one-click WordPress installation. They have trained in-house experts 24-7 on a helpful uh, center full of guides, video tutorials, and more to help you build your website with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Sign up today, get your own website for as little as $3.95 a month. We at Skull King Football are very impressed with how smooth our website has been running since we made the switch to Bluehost. If you want to launch your business today, go to bluehost.com slash track slash Skull King today. Once again, that's bluehost.com slash track slash Skull King. And we will get into some news and notes. We're going to start it off with a little bit of a jab at the 49ers um, as we are Seahawks fans based here out of Seattle. But we are just well, fantasy football fans Fong's in general. Not. Fong's not. He's a Patriots fan. How did that Super Bowl feel? <laughs> Salty still. Um, actually, I think the, the uh, Atlanta one burns more because of the blown lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, um, you guys but, also blew a lead. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to ignore that move past to make fun of the 49ers, Fong. <laughs> quit, quit ripping the Band-Aid off. Um, so, but uh, the Santa Rosa po- Press Democrat, too long of a title for a, a newspaper, if you ask me, but says that Carlos Hyde has looked like the slowest and most indecisive running back on the team after or currently at 49ers OTAs. Ryan, we're going to talk about running backs, so don't get too into the weeds about it, but specifically about Carlos Hyde, where does this leave you currently? In the same place I always have Carlos Hyde, right in the bench, not even thinking about drafting him, letting someone else take that uh, dumpster fire of a, of a player. Well, well I you got any early, early thoughts? Uh, I mean, 
And Carlos Hyde is just one of those people that, I mean, it's very clear that he has a lot of potential. If you look at his stats, he generally plays well when he's healthy, but it's like, if the Niners are clearly kind of just going to be really bad this season, and if he's not looking good at OTAs, obviously there's plenty of time till the regular season, but I agree with Ryan on this one. Let somebody else take the bullet on Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of those things with with the uh, new coaching change and them going to have a struggling year. Uh, I think they're going to be moving more away from Carlos Hyde and trying to develop some of their younger talent. Well, that we've even seen this. We we've seen a story earlier before where the uh, where it came out the Forty ers are are possibly looking to move on from Carlos Hyde. And and as well, let's let's remember that uh, Kyle Shanahan's coming in with a zone blocking scheme, a zone running scheme where Carlos Hyde is a is a gap power runner um, that you know he runs the kind of uh, kind of football um, kind of the, the the same kind of football runs that we would do in, in junior high. You hit the two gap, or you hit the three gap, or you hit the five gap. Whether the holes there or not, you hit the hole. Yeah, you hit the hole. <laughs> And so he's not he he's a power runner that finds the hole and hits it. He's not one of those guys that sits. He's not the type to sit and wait and wait and wait until the hole develops and then go, which is the type of running scheme that Seattle has run was really was really good with um, with Marshawn Lynch. So uh, moving on, Titans offensive coordinator uh, promised to quote unquote find ways to use both Demarco Murray and Derek Henry. Um, I I was one of the uh, unfortunate few who took Derrick Henry. Um, as sad as this sounds, crossing my fingers that Demarco Murray would not make the end of the season, and that bit me hard because Demarco Murray went off and decided awesome. to play the whole season. But this year, do you see more workload for Derrick Henry outside of the fact that they said they're going to find ways to use both? Do you think DeMarco Murray plays the full year and is a top dog like he was last year? Fawn, go ahead and take this first. All right, let's see. Well, I think I think that they're probably going to rest Murray a little bit more. I mean, you have to take his age into consideration. He's already 29, so it makes sense if they want to use him a little bit less and give some of that workload to Derrick Henry. Because, you know, eventually he's essentially going to replace DeMarco Murray. So... I think, personally, for me, I think this is a bit of coach speak. They're still going to ride Demarco Murray. One of the comments I've seen on Sleeperbot is actually that you know, you know, use use the crap out of Demarco Murray until the cold months, and then use Derrick Henry as a freight train to hit the holes. You know, I think either way. I mean, really, I think to me, they'll stick with Demarco Murray. They may use Derrick Henry more. But DeMarco Murray is still the proven back, and as long as he is running well, they're going to keep using him. That is true, but my counterpoint to that is that Derrick Henry also ran very well behind that offensive line, and now that having more weapons, there's not really any reason to think that like Derrick Henry's all of a sudden going to not run well either. So I don't see why they wouldn't try to lessen Murray's workload. Because, as I said, he is 29, but, you know, yet Derrick Henry only had 110 carries last year. True, and and again, it's I'm not I'm not saying it as an indictment against Derek uh, against Derrick Henry. I'm just it's more of a 
you have that workhorse. I mean, yeah, I can see them maybe giving him a little, giving a little more rest, but uh, I still think they they ride Demarco Murray pretty hard, and and maybe maybe they use an extra series or two for Derrick Henry per game. That's that's more of where I see it for now, unless something happens to Demarco Murray, and then Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry's a, a fantasy lot of ticket. Yeah, uh, one one question before we move on is do you feel, and this is a yes-no question for both of you, do you feel Derrick Henry being more of the bigger, bulky, younger running back, do you think he's going to get more vulture touchdowns in the red zone, or do you think it's still kind of situation by situation regardless of yardage? Yes, more this year than last year. I agree with Ryan on that, but I don't think it's going to be enough that will affect Murray's production that much. Correct. Okay, so everyone is overdrafting Murray, or everyone is overdrafting Henry right now. Probably, currently. I would okay. think so. I think he's probably going to get in the area of around 150 to 175 carries, and yeah, it's like I think there are some people who are thinking, "Oh yeah, Demarco Murray is going to get hurt," but if that doesn't happen, then Derrick Henry is kind of like, "Oh yeah, he's at best maybe a flex guy when like the bye weeks hit." Yeah, uh, moving on, Colts uh, got the woke one and signed running back Kristen Michael. So the question is not whether or not Kristen Michael will make the team or be fantasy relevant. The only question I have here is over, under, on two, on how many teams Kristen Michael will be on this year. The Colts currently are number one. Will he make a second roster? Because I don't think he's going to make the 53-man at, at, uh, at uh, Indianapolis, personally. That, be, go ahead. Go ahead, Fong. Yeah. All right, um, is that, like, going, like, are we talking, like, just, are we talking just regular season, or are we talking, like, also, like, training camps and all that? Uh, I'm kid, uh, all, all of the above. All right. Let's see. I think he's going to get cut by the Colts. I just don't think he's going to make it there. I really don't. Um, so I'm gonna, so I'm gonna take the over on this because if Christine Michael has been bouncing around for so long, you'd have to think it's just gonna continue. It's like he's he was on a good rushing team in Seattle, and then also on Dallas, and he couldn't make it work. So it's like, what makes you think he's gonna work elsewhere? He actually led the Seahawks in rushing yards for the entire year last year and was what they got rid of around week eight, week nine. So, um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not seeing yeah, for now. I'm not, I, I don't think so. I, I think he'll probably get cut. Um, he may find another team, but for now I'm not, I'm not seeing it. So. Uh, we're going to move on uh, and breeze through the next two. Uh, Bears' Cameron Meredith suffered a thumb ligament injury today. Is going to miss off-season program, but is expected to be ready for camp. Bengals officially signed Joe Mixon. Uh, the Tampa Bay Times reports that the Bucks' uh, pass catcher, who has been the most consistent and made the most plays in OTAs, quote-unquote, may be third-round Chris Godwin. So this is to me this is typical off-season NFL um, hype because there's nothing else to report because it's quote consistently made the most plays maybe makes no sense but if this is true that currently during some some OTAs Chris Godwin does this affect him moving one way or the other 
Um, with consistent pass catchers ahead of him there, Tampa Bay, does this have any effect currently, uh, or do you see this down the road making any effect, Ryan? Uh, for me, uh, having watched uh, a lot of Chris Godwin's tape pre-draft, kind of getting uh, getting ready for that and, and scouting him out, um, I think he has the ability to be a consistent uh, producer he, um, at the NFL level. In terms of for the uh, for the Bucks, he will probably he could probably find himself as the number three right now. I think he's still the number four. Uh, behind obviously Evans, then they got uh, they they brought in Deshaun Jackson, um, and then they have uh, I want to say Adam Humphreys. So I think for now he's probably still going to be behind Adam Humphreys, but I could see him moving his way into that uh, number three kind of the slot receiver guy um, because he the guy has no fear um, in terms of trying to bring the ball down, especially um, especially in traffic with. Uh, with the uh, um, with uh, linebackers and stuff right on him. So, uh, moving on, uh, Dennis Pitta um, got an injury that I think may end his career. Uh, the fear was five days ago that he fractured and dislocated his hip for the third time in four years. Um, news came out that it was a dislocated hip. Uh, I think personally, this should be the end of his career. Well, he also um, be- he also officially Go got ahead. released. The Ravens okay. officially released him today. So, yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate one because it's the same injury over and over. Uh, two, I was a big fan of Dennis Pitta as a very very streaming tight end in a deep ball heavy offense. Uh, in the Ravens, they always found a way to find him in the red zone, um, making him not a instant start, but a good, solid uh, fill-in to stream. Um, but this is unfortunate. Quality guy with a with an injury. I, I think it's one of those things. He needs to walk away if he wants to walk when he's 40. This is your hip. I mean, old people have these dislocated and then can't walk again. And you're under 35 and you've dislocated it three times it's it's time to see the writing on the wall yeah i agree with you i I, obviously this is i think this is the end for pitta as well um when he's been healthy he's been productive he's been one of um, flacco's favorite targets but uh yeah this is this is the end yeah i do agree with that i mean pitta's made plenty of money at this point he's but he can live off of that and considering the amount of injuries he's had it's just like I think his family is probably just going to talk to him. And it's like, I hope he does choose to retire. Uh, moving on, um, the Chiefs released Jeremy Macklin. He had a $2.4 million cap hit and $7 million in dead money. Ryan, why? Why did they release Jeremy Macklin? Uh I think they may have seen enough of a drop off last year. They have Tyreek Hill. I mean, let me here. I've got to pull up the rest of their. Um, let me pull up the rest of their uh, depth chart. The, the, the report. While you're pulling that up, the report I had heard is that they needed to create space, salary wise, and they didn't think 
Jeremy Macklin was going to be with the team much longer after this season. So they figured develop the younger talent. Um, they're kind of in this weird transition phase. They are a playoff team last year. Um, now with drafting a quarterback and some other pieces, maybe there's this changing of the guard. But um, but that's that's an explanation I have heard. Um, who knows if I, we'll hear what the actual explanation? Honestly, is. I th- honestly, they're probably they're probably dropping dropping salary. Um, they do. I mean, they do. They've got young wide receivers, and again, this to me is more of a they're going to run the ball and then use Tyreek yeah. and then use Tyreek Hill. <laughs> um, they have Chris Conley, who I want to say is in his third year this year, um, who. Who has hands? Um, he actually, I want to say Chris Conley actually um, held the record for career receptions um, before uh, my boy, who's now in Buffalo and injured, um, Zay Jones broke his record. And they're actually from the same school, East Carolina. Uh, so I mean, he's got the hands. Um, it's just a matter of can he can he get by uh, pro corners. I think so. You know, Tyree Kill, Chris Conley. Uh, I've seen flashes from Albert Wilson. Other than that, they drafted a couple guys. We'll kind of see what what they can do. Again, it, it just emphasizes that they have Alex Smith as their quarterback, so they don't really need the deep threat because he's not, he's just going to check down anyways. And then uh, they're gonna they're gonna run the ball. They're gonna use Spencer Ware, and in my opinion. Kareem Hunt, I think he, I think he becomes the running back by the end of the season. Yeah, uh, later or a report that came out earlier today uh, was that with Macklin gone, Chris Conley will be the Chiefs' starting "quote unquote" X wide receiver and assume leadership role of the Chiefs' young receivers while kind of sticking there with the Chiefs. Um, the the part I want to talk about the well kind of with the Chiefs. We're, we're going to stick with uh, Jeremy Macklin. LaShawn McCoy had been recruiting quote-unquote free agent Jeremy Macklin to sign with the Bills, and that visit actually carried over to today. So it ended up being a two-day visit. Um, Ryan, are you expecting, with the fact that Macklin has already pocketed money from being released early, that it doesn't matter what the Bills give him, um, the Bills are in need of receivers, as are the Ravens, uh, do you think he ends up with the Bills before the weekend? No, because he has already left Buffalo and is on his way to Baltimore. Um, and so, do you think the release of Pitta helps them to sign Macklin? Possibly. Um, you know, if you look at if you look at their wide receiver situation, it's what um, Rashad Perriman and uh, and. Um, Mike Wallace really is it with uh, Steve Smith retiring last year. So, um, yeah, I, they could use, they could use Macklin. Um, I just, it's possible. I, I honestly, at this point, I have no idea what is going on with, with uh, Kansas city and, and the jets, which we'll get to, I'm sure in a few minutes, um, two teams that desperately need wide receivers cut their top wide receiver. So, yeah, <laughs> at least it makes it uh, interesting. 
Yeah. Um, we'll get back to the Chiefs in just a second, but uh, Tom Savage in Houston is getting a majority of the first team reps. Um, do you think this is just because he's been the one that's with the team, or do you see this more of them putting Deshaun Watson more in the backup role out of the gate? I think Deshaun Watson stays as the backup for now. Yeah. Until he can prove otherwise. Um, okay. So, I mean, that's that's me. Uh, Quote-unquote arrest season continues as Giants wide receiver Roger Lewis is arrested Sunday morning and charged with operating a motor vehicle while impaired. Uh, what I'll say here is I said it because it's kind of funny in that arrest season continues is that there's been a lot of in the offseason, but I don't know how effective this is towards fantasy values because the Giants are already stacked at, at a receiver, even if Roger Lewis doesn't make the team or whoever this escalates to something different or he gets suspended or whatever. Uh, they're not hurting at wide receiver. They're hurting at offensive protection. Yeah, this isn't going to hurt them. So, uh, moving on, uh, first round wide receiver Williams has a quote-unquote mild disc herniation does this create any sort of long-term issues in your opinion right yes because back problems are always long-term um you look at gronk gronk has had back problems for multiple years and can't stay healthy for a full season um a mild disc herniation doesn't sound mild <laughs> to be completely honest i feel like they put that word there just so you feel better <laughs> Um, you know, it, it definitely causes concern in terms of his ability to play, especially for t especially for people who have already done their rookie their rookie drafts. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is why you don't do everything until you know just before the season starts. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm not. It's still a wait and see. Uh, it honestly for me it uh, it boosts uh, Tyrell Williams a lot more than than anything so uh yeah what i'll say here is is it's continual aggravation i guess i would say in terms of the injury department for the chargers especially uh, in their wide receiver core yeah it's like the season ota we're at otas we're not even at offseason we're, we're offseason workouts we're not even in camp and they already have injury issues on their roster uh, not good, but we'll move on um, to the ever-so-hyped Miami Dolphins. Uh, with so much news coming out about Devontae Parker becoming this huge monster to Jay Ajayi now running 350 times, I feel like Miami um, is, quote-unquote, winning the offseason um, because there's nothing else to talk about. But... Fong, uh, Jay Ajayi has been quoted as the most improved Finn this offseason. If he was a monster last year, does this skyrocket him in some of your mock drafts or your rankings of where Jay Ajayi is going to be taken? I mean, personally, I already had him pretty decently high up. I mean, I don't think most people probably have him in the top 25. Like, if you don't have him as an RB2, at least, I think you're not paying much attention to football if I want to <laughs> if I want to put that nicely. But it's like 
I mean, if you look at the names ahead of him, it's like guys like LaShawn McCoy or like DeMarco Murray or Le'Veon Bell. It's like, you know those guys are going to get fed the ball. And it's just like, none of those guys are... And also, also Miami has horrible O-line issues, that, and they've never been able to stay healthy on the O-line either. So it's sort of like, you kind of have to approach J.J. with caution. I would agree with that. I, I think the one thing that, you know, when, when, we, when we saw the report earlier, it was a few weeks ago where they said that, you know, J.J. could get 350 carries. I mean, I believe it simply because of the fact that of his production last year, he was the most productive when he was getting 20-plus carries. I want to say he got six carries or six, six different weeks where he got 20-plus carries. Maybe it was five. I think it was five different weeks where he got 20-plus carries. In three of those, or in four of those, he ran for over 100 yards on those, on those 20 carries. And in three of those four games, he ran for 200-plus. So I think that if the Dolphins want to continue to be successful, they will take the pressure off of Ryan Tannehill and keep feeding J.H.I. Whether or not he can hold up to that kind of a workload is a completely different story. But I think that they, at least to start off, they just keep feeding J.H.I. the ball. Uh, moving on, Julio Jones is still rehabbing what should be full strength well before the season begins. Uh, this is one of those where I'm not sure how much work Julio Jones needs to put in. Yes, there is a new offensive coordinator coming, but he's got all the chemistry in the world with Matt Ryan uh, and a lot of those players. To me, if I'm a fantasy uh, dynasty player who has Julio Jones, I'm saying sit him on the bench until maybe week three of the preseason. I think this. I think this goes right back to where what uh, Greg said last week about uh, about Gronk when it said that Gronk was a full go at at OTAs. Greg's comment was okay. So put Gronk on a light yoga program and don't have him do anything except make sure he sits, stretches. And has a nice pressed shirt for week one because that's yeah. he doesn't need to learn how to catch the ball. He doesn't need to learn to develop chemistry with Tom Brady. He just needs to be healthy. And I think that's honestly yeah. the same thing with Julio Jones. Make sure he's healthy. Yeah, he can go out and run a couple of routes, you know, in practice, one or two routes in preseason games, and then sit his butt down to make sure that his that he's full strength and ready to go for the season. Just as long as he doesn't uh, fall on that same football. That's at the Cleveland's camp. Yeah, Corey Coleman fell on, and now he's out for like the rest of. <laughs> he he didn't get hurt, hurt foot. He didn't get hurt in football. He got hurt on football. <laughs> Moving on, uh, back to the Chiefs for one last little piece here. Uh, Chiefs coach Andy Reid confirms that Tyreek Hill is taking over the team's number one spot. This has me nervous because I don't know if Tyreek Hill is the body size yet or ever will be to be able to match up against the number one corners that are around the league, even in the Denver, uh, in the same division. Do you think this, now with Macklin gone, yes, there's more opportunities for Tyreek Hill, but now that he's the number one, does this negate the opportunity factor? Ryan. Uh Tyreek Hill is going to get work. I think 
what Andy Reid wants to do is I'm not saying this is a direct comparison. I'm saying this is how they want to use him is basically they're going to want to try to use him like Pittsburgh uses Antonio Brown. He's going to return kicks. He's going to return punts, although Brown only returns punts. But Tyreek Hill is going to be the return guy, and they're going to use him basically just get the ball into his hands and let him run, whether that's an end around like a Percy Harvin type of jet sweep or, um, you know, they've got short passes, whatever it's going to be. They just want to get the ball into his hands. I'm hesitant to take Tyreek Hill, honestly, because, you know, last, last year was huge, and we saw what happened to another team um, who had, who had a, a, an outstanding return man turn out to have a pretty good season, you know, second half and really come out of the woodwork. We saw what happened to Tyler Lockett last year, and, you know, they put an emphasis on using Tyler Lockett, and it just never panned out. And then he got injured to make it worse. So I'm I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on Tyreek Hill, even if he is going to be the number one receiver. Uh, the Jets are parting ways with wide receiver Eric Decker. You alluded to this a little bit earlier. Um, they've told Eric Decker that they will either release or trade him this week. I've always felt curious about this title in that um, – if it's public knowledge that they're going to release or trade him, why would anyone trade him when they can sign him on the side? Actually, I've thought about that. The reason is to be the first to have a chance to get to him before anyone else can. If you're willing to give up, if you're actually, if you have the, the draft picks or the you know, cap space or whatever to go ahead and go get him via trade, then yeah, go ahead and do it. But most te- most teams at this point don't have that, and so no. they'll wait. They'll just wait till he's released. It, to me, I, I think this this move, if they were going to do it, they should have done this earlier. Um, the Jets, as we know, are going to suck this year. They just they don't have a solid quarterback situation. Uh, Quincy and Nunwa is the number one receiver. Um, I like Denunwa as my, as a number three receiver, but not as a number one, especially now with the quarterbacks they have. Um, speculation, where do you think Eric Decker could end up if traded, Ryan? If traded? I If traded. What, what mm-hmm. is there a team out there that you think – is on the fringe, maybe a playoff kind of team that might trade for him. If you got to think about it too much, we can move on. No, I, I can't. There's not one that comes to the top of my mind. Um, there are plenty of teams that need wide receivers. Um, Throw in the Bills and the Ravens if he gets released. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> um, they won't trade for him. They won't trade for him. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I I can't think of any off the top of my head. I honestly think he'll end up getting released. No one's going to trade for him. So Yeah, this one, this next one, we're going to stick with the Jets. It's a little interesting. Uh, they cut Eric Decker, but are talking to Steve Smith Jr. No, this, we're still talking about the Jets. They, they were. They reached out to him earlier. This was a day ago. No, no, no. The reports came out that they, you know, that they had at one point reached out to Steve oh. Smith to gauge his interest in playing this season. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
whatever. Okay, so uh, moving on to the Jets. No one uh, in OBJ camp has admitted it, but his absence from OTAs is directly related to his desire for a new deal. You mean the Jets? Adam Schefter. What did I say, Jets? You said the Jets. We were on the Jets. I don't know why we're talking about the Jets so much, but we're on to the Giants. Same stadium. Give me a break. <laughs> That's true. But, Ryan, do you think – obviously this is a little less fantasy relevant, but do you think that this causes any sorts of problems with a younger, though very, very talented receiver trying to push his way to a new deal and a new contract? Maybe. Uh, and let's be honest, Odell has always been a bit of a diva. Um, you know, you look a bit. <laughs> you look at a his bit. Uh, his antics um, on the sidelines. Um, you know his his war of words that he's been having with with Josh Norman. Um, but it seems like everyone has a war of words with Josh Norman. So, um, yeah, I. It could cause some issues. He's talented enough. It's not going to affect. I don't think it'll affect his play. It may affect some chemistry issues, but I don't think it's necessarily going to affect his play. So, uh, moving on to our second to last piece, uh, Adrian Peterson uh, Saints teammates have quote unquote gushed over Peterson's running ability during OTAs. Once again, we're talking about OTAs, not a game. OTAs. Uh, marveling over his burst <laughs> and stride length. Sorry, I had to do it. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Um, but does this mean anything? I mean, Adrian, to me, the point I want to make is this was practice. This is OTAs. I want to see what happens when all pads are on. There's an opponent on the other side that wants to inflict pain. Will he hold up? Maybe. Um, uh, you know, I I thought he was done in last year. He's come back. I, I'm not so sh- – I don't – I just don't know what I think about him going to New Orleans. You know, are they really going to just keep feeding him the ball? I, I mean, when I first heard this, I thought, okay, he fills the Tim Hightower role. He, You know, he's a yeah. – they – they sign him for a, a, a small deal. But Tim Hightower could catch. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, and it, who knows? <laughs> I, think that, I think that Adrian Peterson right now is a two-down back. He's not really a third-down back. Again, he can't, catch the, he can't really catch the ball out of the, out of the backfield. I want to say that Mark Ingram last season has, or over the last two seasons, has more catches than Adrian Peterson has over his entire career. Um, and so I think... Ingram Ingram had some issues with fumbles last year. He had, you know, they kind of lost their confidence in him, then put him back out there. I think maybe if Mark Ingram is not the sole guy, he may get he may be able to stay healthy enough and spry enough to be able to do more. And maybe that's why they, you know, they keep Adrian Peterson again for goal line, you know, first, second down, that sort of thing. Uh, random question sparked by uh, a very, very good movie reference in the Sandlot. At least Ellsworth can catch. Um, <laughs> do you think Adrian Peterson, who can't really catch, becomes the smalls of the Saints and steals the show this year? What is the percentage no. out of 100 that you would put towards that? 20. Fong, what's, what's your guess 
on a percentage wise of that happening? Did I say 15%? I just, there's a lot of running backs back there that they have to feed. And it's just like, as you guys said, he can't catch worth a damn. <laughs> so it's just like, hey, Adrian Peterson, I'll take a chance on you just solely for the name value, but I'm not really going to expect anything out of you. Yeah, I'm going to let somebody else take the name value. The other one that will I mentioned that was second to last. The other one I'm going to mention is uh, I saw on Twitter all these videos uh, or sorry, not all these videos, plural, but I saw it retweeted several times about um, Marshawn Lynch having a run in practice. Um, for those who haven't watched it, I want you to pay attention to the corner that lets up five yards before getting to him. That even allows Marshawn Lynch to continue running the ball after four yards. Once again, this is OTAs. This is not a real game. And this is practice against your buddies. But since we're on beast mode, is he a and, – and we'll kind of allude that into our, our tiers, but is beast mode someone that you would take a, around your third or fourth, or would you go later on your running back selection? In terms of, in terms of what round we were going to take him in a draft? No, not what round. Where would you take him in terms of what, how you would feel comfortable? Would you feel comfortable with him being your running back too, or do you want him to be your three, four, or five? Well, if he's my number five, that's awesome. Well, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> he's but... like a um, I would be okay. I would probably be okay with him being my running back two. What about you, Fong? I would be okay with him being my flex. My issue with him, the way I wouldn't put him as far as an RB2, is I can very easily see the Raiders putting him on a pitch count. If they don't, hey, I can see him going right back to being beast mode. But, I mean, they have two very good pass-catching backs there, so they don't really need him to do that. So they'll probably limit him to first and second downward. All right, that wraps up the news and notes section of the show today. We're going to get into running backs and talking about running backs throughout the rest of the show. Uh, this portion of the show is brought to you by Vox DFS Firelines. Vox is one of the industry leaders in consulting and provides DFS lines for just about any sport on any platform it doesn't matter if you play mlb nascar nfl mls pga whether you prefer yahoo DraftKings, or fanduel vox has the lineup experts to help you pull in cash we talked about this a uh, couple of weeks ago but earlier last month one of the consultants that does pga lines won sixty five thousand dollars that line won sixty five thousand dollars sixty thousand of that was for finishing second in a single contest. Um, multiple consultants are winning cash multiple days in a row. So if you go to voxdfs.com, that's V-O-K-S-D-F-S.com today, tell them that the guys from Skull King Football sent you. We will appreciate that. Now, getting into running backs really quickly before we get into some of the tiers, I'm interested just to hear... Uh, a kind of a top eight. I know we're not doing top numerically and we're going to get into some tiers, but out of curiosity, we'll just go top five. Who are the top five for you, Ryan? And then Fong, tell us who your top five currently are. All right. So I've got 
you know, my tier one really is there's three guys that are above everyone else, period. Just hands down. That's David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, and Le'Veon Bell. There's any of those three will be your your workhorse and carry you for most of the fantasy season. Uh, in terms of number four and five, again, do, me doing it tier based, I, I kind of just have everyone kind of lumped into groups. But uh, for tier two, number if I had to go number four, number five, I'd probably put LaShawn McCoy is number four. And for right now, 5A is Melvin Gordon and 5B is DeMarco Murray. Okay. How about Long, you? What about you? Right. Well, I would have to agree with Ryan there that the top three are very easily David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, and Le'Veon Bell. I mean, we all know they're about to get fed. So, hey, good for them as long as they hold up. But it seems like they will. Um, as for my fourth, I have to agree that LaShawn McCoy is probably number four. I mean, if you look at the Bills' receiving situation, assuming they don't get Decker or Macklin, obviously, um, he's also going to get fed, and they also lost Mike Gillislee to the Pats. So it's sort of like, oh, he was the guy that – I think he had like over 100 carries last year. So it's sort of – obviously all that's not going to go to McCoy, but it's like it pretty much assures that he's going to continue to have a large workload. So I agree with him having – McCoy at four. As for my fifth, uh, maybe I'm a little bit high on him, but I really like Jordan Howard. Like the brother bear. Yeah, yes. I took mine. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's he's just. I mean, if you look at what he did, especially when you consider like how late in the season he finally actually got to start, to have over 1,300 yards was very impressive. And Bears are probably going to need to run a lot considering. The state of their wide receiver core, and, the and their quarterback. their quarterbacks. <laughs> Basically, the state of everything on the offense outside of Jordan, Jordan Howard. Howard. To be fair, uh, their O line is okay. Yeah, well, uh, that's, that's why they keep, they're going to keep giving the ball to Jordan Howard. Real quick, uh, can we just can we just may explain to Fong and to our yeah we'll, yeah we'll we'll explain that. Go ahead, Ryan. We, we explained this last year. The reason that we call Jordan Howard the brother bear is let's think he plays for the Bears. Okay, Justin Justin Lawrence Scullard is a twin. Why'd you have to give away my middle name? Because Justin Lawrence is a twin. Justin's twin brother is named. Jordan Howard Skullroot. Therefore, we call Jordan Howard of the Bears the brother bear. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, so that... We're still they, working on getting permission from uh, the real Jordan Howard on <laughs> being able to make shirts on this. So, I'm, we won't use his likeness, but we do kind of... I, I think we may need to ask. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what we need to do? We need to have, uh, we need to have the, the theme song from the Disney animated film, Brother Bear, with Phil Collins playing in the background every time we mention him. How's that? Oh, well, maybe we'll figure that out. <laughs> I've never watched you a it. copyright strike, like, immediately? <laughs> Could. Oh, well, yeah. If we play less uh, than three seconds, uh, it might be okay. Yes, less than eight seconds. They can't monitor every drop every radio station does. So, well, they can. But, um, I mean, we're yeah, talking but, Disney. I wouldn't doubt them. <laughs> Disney is listening. They own ESPN. They own Star Wars. They own fill in the blank. They own it. Marvel. Um, but uh, my, really quickly to get back on topic, my top five: David Johnson. Uh, to me, I'm going to do anything and everything I can to get David Johnson. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott. Then I'm with Fong. I like with Sean McCoy and then Jordan Howard. Uh, 
kind of for the same reasons in that Melvin Gordon's team has been injured and has had some – or sorry, sorry, LaShawn McCoy is having some uh, wide receiver issues on his team. They don't really have anybody to throw the ball to currently. Same as Jordan Howard. There's no one to throw the ball to. Quality running backs, okay offensive lines, playing cold weather, they're going to run the ball. So – uh, moving on into some of the tiers, Ryan, I'm going to have you take it away uh, really quickly on this point in trying to guide us through the tiers, but also give, for those who don't necessarily know what the tier system is, explain why tiers as opposed to kind of numerically putting out who is 1 through 5 or 1 through 32. Okay, so here's here's the way I here's the way I draft. Um, you could almost you can almost kind of say that I'm I try to attack my fantasy draft the same way a team like the Seahawks would attack a draft. They like the guys that they like, and they ignore everyone else. Period. Um, so in terms of like a, in in terms of um, drafting. I don't necessarily – I've never really necessarily gone by um, an exact, you know, top 200 looking at who I think um, who I think should go next and then next and then next. Even um, though we have put out a top 200 before. We've put out a top 200. But it's, it, <laughs> honestly, it's because that's what people want. A lot of people yeah. want a top 200. Um, I like the tier-based system. You, you know, your tier one are your elite elites. They are the guys that are like the – the definite all pros period that's what they're gonna be you know if so they're we, there you're dumb not to get them you, yeah you're stupid um you know we we talked about last week our two um the two guys that we had or two or three guys in quarterbacks in that tier one were aaron Rodgers, tom brady drew Brees. they will at minimum unless an injury happens finish in the top five yep so um and even if an injury happens, they may still finish in the top five. So going to the tier-based system, what I do is I put together who I think is the, top, the elite guys. So, for, again, we talked about this. All three of us agree. That tier one for running backs, period, hands down, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell. Do I have guys that uh, – one of them that I prefer over the others? Yes. But if any of those three are available, I would take them. Um, you move on to tier two. These are, you know, for me, it's these are your guys that they're not quite that tier one, but they're going to be very, very good. They're going to be your a, a solid running back one for you. Um, maybe not quite have the consistency of the three guys above, but um, you know, going that way, you know. And in terms of, you know, if you've got a tier based system, you know, if you've got tier two running backs, you've got tier one, tier two wide receivers. If you're if everyone's gone and you've got like a tier one wide receiver left and then only like your tier two running backs, you know it it shows it for you will give you an idea. Okay, I need to take the running back or I need to take the wide receiver. Get that guy that I know I really really want. That I have in that top tier, and then you go back to your tier two running backs once people go through again. And hey, maybe you have one of those left as well. So it's it's more of a you start crossing them off. You set your tiers. Start crossing off people as they as they get drafted. And then you look at, well, what, who is, according to my, how I view everyone's talent, who do I think is the best player available? Well, it's that tier one wide receiver that I have the bottom of tier one, not the tier two running back that's still available. So, 
that's why I go by a tier system. So. Okay. Yeah. Now, now into your your tier one running backs. I, okay. So maybe your tier quote unquote two, since we already said Johnson, Bell, and Elliott are really the elite of the elite in tier one. Correct. All right. So we go on to tier two, and for me, any of these guys, if they were available in the second round, um, if you could get a tier one and a tier two guy you're going to be smoking, uh, especially in standard leagues, even half-point PPR leagues. Full-point PPR, you know, could go either way. Depends. I mean, if, uh, look at David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell both get a lot of catches, so they're going to help you there. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott doesn't necessarily get as many catches, but he's definitely going to be the workhorse of the offense again. So uh, tier two, my tier two, guys, I have six. So it's, you know, it's basically my top nine is tier one and two. So for tier two, I have LaShawn McCoy, Melvin Gordon, DeMarco Murray, Jay Ajayi, Devonta Freeman, and Jordan Howard. Those are the guys that, for me, are going to get – they're still going to be, for the most part, the workhorses of their offenses um, and get the most work. I still have Melvin Gordon high because, yes, though Mike Williams has gone down, they got again, they got the two best guards in the draft somehow both in round two, in like round two and three. They got both Dan Feeney and Forrest Lamp. They have gotten protection for uh, Phillip Rivers, and they have uh, two of the best run blockers in the in the draft to open up more lanes for Melvin Gordon, especially down at the goal line. So I'm very happy. I'm I'm fine to put Melvin Gordon up at number five. Um, I believe that the, for the most part, the consensus has him right around five or six. So um, I like. I like Melvin Gordon, um, DeMarco Murray, again, Jay Ajayi, those, those are more based on um, workload. So, uh, Fong, I, I don't know if you want to go ahead and kind of get into your kind of tier two guys. Um, let's see. So, using your tier two list as, like, um, a guideline, I would say it's like some, somebody in tier three that I personally think – can make the leap into tier two is Lamar Miller. Obviously, there's the injury issues there. It's like he's like he missed two games last year, I believe. But when he's healthy, he is very clearly being used as a workhorse for the Texans. And even if they tiled it down a little bit, he's still going to very much be in the area of 300 touches, assuming he stays healthy for 16 games. I'd agree with you there. Um, you know, Lamar Miller is, I have him for right now, just kind of barely out of tier three. He, he had the, yes, he had the injury issues. He also couldn't get in the end zone. And I don't know how much of that was the fact that he had a quarterback in Brock Osweiler that was so crappy that everyone just kept stacking the box on Lamar Miller. Wait, did you just say you had Lamar Miller just outside of tier three or just outside, just outside of tier, tier two? Sorry, okay. just outside okay. tier two. Uh, in tier three, I have him at number 12. Yeah, I didn't want to embarrass you, so I didn't bring it up. <laughs> I, I wanted to clarify because I was about to say no, something. Let's make sure, yeah. Again, if if for those of you who actually want to go, it's you know it uh, and actually take a look at these. It's on our website, skulkingfootball.com. Hit the rankings tab, and you can choose you know whichever position you want to look at. Um, so yeah, I have him in tier three, just out of just outside tier two. He's he, honestly, I see him the same way. He could jump into that tier two based on workload. He's had a full year in that system. He will have a better quarterback, even if it's Tom Savage. He will have a better quarterback um, than uh, than Brock Osweiler uh, throwing the ball to 
so that you know it'll it'll be a little less likely for teams to completely stack the box against Miller. Yeah, my my tier two is is McCoy, Gordon, Freeman, Howard, Murray, Ajayi, and Lamar Miller sitting there right at ten. Uh, I I agree. I think uh, I think Lamar Miller is going to have a better year this year. Um, I think once again, change of quarterback, something different is going to be better for him. Um, I think the only thing that causes uh, Demarco Murray uh, and Devontae Freeman to drop to this tier two and not be higher kind of almost on the borderline of a tier one is they have such solid backups that will eat into their workload. Um, and then for me, um, what, what I find, what I like from our three tier twos uh, is that Todd Gurley is not on the list of a top oh. two, uh, two tier running back system. Um, and so really quickly, Ryan, why is Todd Gurley for you on the outside looking in into tier two? Well, I, I have him for now at number 10. Um, and, and the reason that he's not in that tier two is because you look at how bad the quarterback situation is still with Jared Goff. Yeah, he's got another, he's got a year under this, not even a year in the system, uh, because they changed, they changed, uh, um, coaches last year so he's got they've got a quarterback learning a new system their defenses are still going to stack the box against Todd Gurley and say okay let the let the second year guy try to quarterback try to beat us that you know his whose accuracy under I want to say his accuracy under five yards was almost as bad as Brock Osweiler's last year so um, Goff has some issues and it's a tough division to be playing in with uh, San Francisco and Arizona and Seattle, uh, that I mean, that makes it tough right there for Todd Gurley. So I'm I I have him barely outside of tier two. I very well could move him farther down. I I know of some people that have him ranked around number twenty. Sounds like Fong's head just hit the desk. <laughs> I just I mean it's like. I don't know what to think about Tom Gurley. It's just like you make a lot of good points, and on the other hand, it's like I want to believe in him, but you are right. It's their their passing game is going to be anemic. I mean, go ahead and name me two wide receivers on the Rams right now: Tavon Austin, Robert Woods. Oh, fair enough. I was um, going to say but, Tavon Austin. <laughs> well, Tavon Austin, Robert Woods. Then they just drafted the was it uh, Cooper Cup out of uh, out of Eastern Washington. Cooper Cup. And who else did they draft? They drafted another wide receiver. I can't remember who. Uh, Josh Malone, I want to say. Cooper yeah, Cup and his black bat wings. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I, I would agree with you if you removed Todd Gurley. It's like, does that, does that wide receiver core make you think, oh, yeah, people are going to not load the box against Todd Gurley this year like they did last year? No, it doesn't. No, they're still going to load the box. Yeah, to me, my concern is is in 2015, uh, he had 229 rushing attempts and got 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. Last year, an increase of attempts in 50 to almost 280 attempts and had almost three hundred or 220 less yards. Rushing average dropped from 4.8 to 3.2 four less touchdowns 
He caught the ball more, but still didn't get a receiving touchdown. Uh, to me, there's just not enough to spread out the offense to get the defense outside of the box. You might as well put nine in the box because Jared Goff ain't beating you deep, regardless of how fast Robert Woods or Tavon Austin are. That's why Todd Gurley drops. I think he'll have more of the same of last year. But an interesting question while we're here really quickly, do you think it had to do with the um, the mythical sophomore slump and that people had some game film on him now as a second-year player, or do you think it was more the anemic offense? It's the anemic offense. It's the fact that he didn't have a quarterback. There was no wide receivers to th- for that for the crappy quarterback to throw to. Um, you know, that was that's it. I mean, the people were stacking the box and forcing bad quarterbacks to try to beat him. Yeah, no, it was definitely anemic offense. I mean, did you saw the Rams' offense last year? It's like that didn't exactly inspire confidence. It's not going to inspire confidence again this year. It's like I definitely think. It wasn't so much on Gurley, who for the most part I think was still running hard and running well, at least when I watched watched him on film and all that. I think it was just more – I mean, you can only do so much when defenses are constantly putting eight or nine people in the box. Yep. Uh, moving on to Tier 3, um, Here's where things really get interesting. Obviously, Tier 1 and 2 have kind of a top 10, but this is where kind of differencing differencing opinion. Different this opinion. is where opinions get different, uh, <laughs> as our host cannot reckon the English very well. Um, Ryan, where do you kind of start to see the separation? We've obviously talked about Todd Gurley. We'll get into another running back in a second, but kind of initially, who do you have in this tier three area? All right, we've already talked about Todd Gurley. Uh, I'm still, you know, people are still going to think that I'm a little too high on a couple of rookies, but I have two rookies in tier three for right now. Um, so I have Todd, Gear, Todd Gurley. I have Isaiah Crowell because Hugh Jackson has already said that they're going to continue to run the ball. And let's think about this. Who are they going to throw the ball to? So Isaiah Crowell showed some good showed some good bursts last year. He has the I think he has the speed and the strength to do it. It's whether or not the offensive line can actually open up the holes. Uh, Lamar Miller again, he's kind of on that borderline tier two or tier three. Then I still have Mark Ingram up there because of his ability to catch the ball. I have Leonard Fournette, and as part of this discussion, we actually had on the live stream post here. Um, we actually did have someone ask a question um, as to Leonard Fournette, so we'll we'll I do want to address. Oh, you were going to get to it? Okay. Oh, you you saw it too? Yeah, that's yeah. I, I wanted to get into kind of this initial tier three, and then I was going to address the the Fournette okay. question. Then, that came then I'll, in let, the, I'll let you bring it up when we need to the so Facebook that, Live. Leonard Fournette, uh, C.J. Anderson, Mike Gillisley, Christian McCaffrey, and Tevin Coleman. So again, Gurley, Crowell, Lamar Miller, Ingram, Fournette, C.J. Anderson, Gillisley, McCaffrey, and Coleman are my are my tier three guys. What about you, Fong? Um, I would. I think if there's anybody I would add to that list, it was it would probably be. I kind of maybe I'm a little high high in these two, but Joe Mixon and Eddie Lacy. It's like the it's like probably 
kind of rendering state. Oh, hey. But, like, with Joe Mixon, it's like he's in Cincinnati. Hill has not been doing so great, which is sad for me because it was like he looked really good in his rookie year, and I don't know what happened to him, but he just went downhill. Um, and then Eddie Fumble Lacy. Lines. And then Eddie Lacy, who I think, like, Last year, he was doing really well, at least up until he got injured. I believe he was averaging 5.1 yards per carry. Yes. And now he's in Seattle where, hey, guess what? They love to run the ball in Seattle. And then you add to that Russell Wilson, who obviously should be healthy again. So that means, that, so that means you know, he'll be, he'll be running. And the fact that Russell Wilson has that threat to run, that's going to make it all the easier for Eddie Lacy to run. Obviously, it all comes down to if he's in shape. And I completely understand that causes people to drop him a few spots on their on their own list. But if he is motivated, which I believe he is, I mean, they kind of put money into his contract to be like, oh, hey, play well, and we will pay you a lot more money. Um, I believe that, at least for me personally, I have him up there in the Tier 3. Yeah, my, my Tier 3, Gurley, Fournette, Crowell, McCaffrey. I still like Mark Ingram in in the tier three area. I know that Peterson's there, uh, but for me, Mark Ingram has delivered, though there's some injury concerns. Uh, and then to round it off, I've got Tevin Coleman, and then I have Ty Montgomery. It's kind of a, a wild card from Green Bay. They've got a lot of weapons on offense, but they have a very, very great – uh, quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. I still think Ty Montgomery gives them a great mix through the running game, and he can still – he's a wide receiver originally. He's going to catch the ball. So in PPR formats, I kind of bump him up. Standard, I may still have him in Tier 4, but he's kind of there on the bubble for me personally. And then, uh, well, right now, uh, once again, we referenced uh, a Leonard Fournette question that came in through the Facebook live feed – um, Ryan, if you probably have the, the question specifically, um, yes, do you, yeah, go ahead and read it off. Sorry. I was, for those of you who can see on the live stream, um, I, my background came undone. So, <laughs> fell down. Oh. All right. Uh, so here's here's the question from uh, from Chris, who we mentioned earlier. Thanks again for for listening and, and sending in the question. Why are people so high on Leonard Fournette when they still have Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon? He says, I think people are going to be very disappointed. Here, Chris, okay, so here's my, my analysis on that backfield. TJ Yeldon proved last year that he cannot get the ball into the end zone from the one-yard line. Chris Ivory is 29 years old. And last year, I want to say averaged, I believe it was less than four yards per carry. Or maybe it was right around four yards per carry. But had a little bit trouble had a little bit of trouble staying healthy. I want to say it was 111 carries for right around 429, 430 yards. Um and so that doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. He's only Ivory's only had three seasons in which he has proven to stay mostly healthy at 15, 16, 15, and maybe one season at 13 games. Um, they brought in Leonard Fournette to be the 
big boy back. Um, I think he takes over Ivory's role and that he will be the number one. Again, TJ Yeldon is more of the catch the ball out of the backfield third down type. Um, he is not he is not the guy that they were hoping to get out of Alabama a couple years ago. So, Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, I'm putting Fournette in Tier 3 not because I necessarily believe in his talent specifically, but because I know that they drafted in the number four spot. You don't draft high. First of all, drafting a running back in the first round has been rare in the last decade. Those that have been drafted in the first round have been Ezekiel last year. Uh, Adrian Peterson was drafted in the first round. Uh, I'm having others not come to mind, but first-round running backs are solid. Gurley was a first-round running back, had a fairly good year, his first year. Um, but Leonard Fournette is the running back, in my opinion, in Jacksonville. They're going to give him the ball. He is He's a bruiser. Uh, he struggled against Alabama, which is, let's just be honest, a junior pro team in, in the college element. Uh, and so that has me a little nervous and concerned uh, about his ability um, but he's going to have now a professional line, not an LSU line against a professional defense. So I think there's going to be a little bit of evening out there. Leonard Fournette is, is a wild card. I wouldn't do anything higher than a tier three on, on Fournette personally, even though people have him as high as – I've seen people have him as high as eight, which I think is insane. No, I think he's, I think he's in, that, in that, you know, that – he's in the running back two conversation the mid running back two conversation. So bottom of tier three, really, if you're going to, if you're, if you're going to go that way, I mean, if, if you're looking at a lot of people, you know, the standard, a lot of the standard leagues are around 10, 10 team leagues. He's in the middle. I think he's in the middle to the back of that, of that uh, running back two conversation. Fong, any, any thoughts on Fournette? Um, I would pretty much agree with your guys' assessment. It's like, you don't draft a guy that high and be like, Oh hey, we're not going to use you. Like I get Chris Ivory signed that decently large contract. He has never been able to stay healthy, and as you guys said, T.J. Yeldon is just sort of like he's more a third down guy, really. Like he's never proven himself as a power back, so it's like I can very easily see Fournette coming in there and assuming the O line has actually improved, which hopefully it has. I think it has. Um, I could very easily see Fournette going in there and just becoming like a workhorse for them. And I think that'll be enough to push him to the RB2 area in standard leagues. I don't think it'll be enough in PPR because Fortnite's not super really known for catching the ball, I believe. But, I mean, if if you get, like, 250 carries, odds are you're going to end up being an RB2. And I, believe, and I believe there's a very good chance of that happening considering Ivory's injury history and Yeldon is just not built to be a workhorse. True. Okay, uh, On based off of time, uh, I want to briefly get into some Tier 4, uh, but also maybe give us some early sleeper picks that you like uh, before we wrap up the show. Ryan, you first. So we're, we're actually going to go into Tier 4 a little bit? 
Uh, how about we? Well, how about we, we just can, skip tier four and go into going to our we'll, sleepers? We'll go to sleepers. We'll go there and then we'll wrap up. We're running a little bit long on the show. Want to make sure that we we keep it under time. All right. So, in terms of sleepers for me, huh? This is weird. My uh, my computer's a little jacked right now. So, awesome. Um, for me, sleepers. Uh, I'm looking at uh two rookies honestly um i think was it samaje perrine with washington could very well take over um could very well take over the role there over robert kelly now, robert kelly has apparently come in slim slimmer uh to have a little more endurance um he's he's apparently been looking pretty fast in practice um but i still think uh perrine could could very well have a, a significant role um, in that offense. And then the other one, um, again, we've talked about this, but you know, everyone seems to be picking him and it sucks because I was on him for a while. Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think that he could very well take over the Kansas city backfield. Um, now, unfortunately now everyone is saying it. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I've, think the guy's an absolute truck he's you know his legs are like tree trunks he he keeps his his center of gravity low can uh, can put a hit on on linebackers but also be able to roll off of a tackle and and keep gaining more yards and he does not fumble the ball um, one fumble in his career and he recovered it that one fumble was in a a, a rainstorm game so um so yeah my my main two are, are, are perrine and and hunt and if i had to take one more I really don't like anyone else around here. Uh, James White, who right now is still around that uh, 40 to 50 range. I think that he very well, especially in PPR, he's going to be a monster. Um, especially with the report coming out earlier today that he has um, pretty much taken hold of that passing down um, the passing down role in New England. So those are, those are my main three that if I had to pick guys that are down the depth chart a bit that I think could really stand out this year, those would be the three. Let's see. Um, I don't think he counts as a sleeper at this point, honestly. It's like, well, first off, I was going to also say Kareem Hunt. So I was like, oh, okay, Ryan already covered that. So one guy, <laughs> one guy that, uh, one guy that's like, he's, I wouldn't necessarily call him a sleeper, but like you currently have him tier five, and I would personally agree with that in standard leagues. It's Danny Woodhead. It's like, I love Woodhead this year. It's like, they need. Like, the Ravens need, like, a short area guy because they don't really have that right now because let's look at their depth chart. It's essentially Mike Wallace, Prashad Perriman, and then literally everybody else. It's like, I'm pretty sure you or I could go out there and we would be just just as successful as those other wide receivers. Um, And Danny Wood, I think, is going to be there. I think he's going to get used just a ton. He's like, if you look at at his career sets, like, he is a really damn good receiving back, and I believe there was a year where in um, San Diego, I believe he had 500 rushing yards and then 600 receiving yards. I I also do think that, especially since like Ken Dixon has a four-day suspension at the moment, correct? Correct. He starts off the he starts off the uh, the season uh, four games uh, sitting. Yeah, I think I think Danny Wood. Did. I think because of that, I really do think Danny Wood is going to be in, be able to grab hold of that, and I really do think that he can that he is a sleeper threat 
for like a thousand and ten. I really do think so for like a thousand total yards and ten total touchdowns. Um, as for third guy, let's see. If there's anybody I would have to go with. Uh, I mean, honestly, honestly, there's no one I particularly love, but that's also because, like, it's we're still in that weird smokescreen area in OTT in OTAs. So it's sort of like no one actually knows what's happening. Um, but I guess I would have to go with, hmm, let's see here. Uh, I mean, he also actually still might play pick in James Blake because I'm a pass fan. That was the guy who was going to bring up. <laughs> so I'm like, he's so cream on and James Blake. I'm like, oh, that's that's a problem for me. Yeah, um, right. um, I suppose Charles Sims. Like, I like Charles Sims a lot. He was getting a lot of work um, for Tampa Bay prior to the injury. Um, I mean, base and what, well, I'm, well, I'm actually forgetting the guy's name. What, what's their starting running back's name again? See how it's something. Really. Uh, or, or in uh, in uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Doug. Yeah, Martin. Doug, Doug Martin. Martin. There we are. I don't know why I was thinking Dion. He starts uh, the season uh, uh, suspended, I believe, due to PEDs. Ah, darn! Really? Yeah. Darn. Now, now I'm just completely. It was just in. Adderall. It was just Adderall. Just Adderall. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, just so people who are going to go look. It was um, undisclosed. Yeah, I honestly can't think of anybody off the top of my head because you – I don't want to say stole two of my three, but those were – Okay, so since wait. I stole two of yours. I, I have one that I'd like to share, and, and this is one uh, – Ryan, you've liked this running back in the past. We talked about him last year as a sleeper for last year. I think he's primed and ready for this year. Once again – with a similar situation to uh, to a Jordan Howard uh, and to a LaShawn McCoy, and that's Bilal Powell because the guy in front of him is coming off of a knee surgery. Uh, Matt Forte has also uh, going to turn 32 this year in December. I, I know that's later in the year, but he's already 31 approaching the 32 mark is high up there in age as a running back uh, has over 9,000 yards already on his legs. He also filled in in Chicago and has, and had over 4,000 receiving yards there. So he's got tons of mileage started to break down at the end of the season, coming back off of a knee surgery, which I don't think is talked about enough. I think Bilal Powell is the starter for the jets as they understand this year's going to suck, so they might as well build for the future. I like Bilal Powell. Almost brought him up into Tier 3. Solid Tier 4, almost Tier 3 in my opinion. I would agree with you there. Um, I think that – see, where do I have Bilal Powell? I have him – honestly, I have him um, – okay, now I can't even find You him. have him in your Tier 4 at 25th overall. Do I? Yeah. Yep, I'm looking at right now. Tier four with the possibility of moving up. Yeah, so he's kind of in that, you know, that tier four, um, low end, um, low end running back to high end flex kind of a spot. So, yeah, I could I could see that from from below, Paul. All right, that wraps up today's episode. Uh, once again, we want to thank Fong for joining us as our. A special guest today and writer of our running back news posts throughout the season and the off season. Once again, 
Uh, Ryan joined me as my co-host, your host, Justin Scarrow. This has been the uh, Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Vox DFS Firelines. We thank you for watching, and we will catch you next time. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. devotion isn't a once a year occasion and once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared you'll still want them to know how much you care dare to give a gift that lasts this valentine's day with our incredible selection of jewelry from delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds jared has hundreds of pieces under 299 dollars and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.